Street Champs, come get put on. Today we got Mike, also known as Tall Tall Trees here today. What's up? Hey man, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Really good, man. Really excited for this. Thank yeah. you for making time in your in your uh, tour schedule for this. Yeah, of course, no problem. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, what were you up to before this? Right before this? Yeah. I just came from Telluride. I was playing in Telluride. Um, and, uh, yeah, before that, I was over in Natarita playing at someone's um, crazy campsite thing. Really? Like a private event? Camp yeah, thing? it was kind of like some burners that, like, you know, bought this beautiful campsite and, you know, just had a big party. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. That's awesome. Do a lot of your gigs, like, consist of, like, like weird, like, events like that? I wouldn't say a lot, but definitely uh, once in a while I stumble into something, you know, unusual where, uh, you know, people just find me and want me to come play mm-hmm. at th- in their water tower, which is what I did. Really? <laughs> they had they converted an old water tower into like a yoga meditation zone. But, I mean, it had insane acoustics, you know, with being an open top water tower. So, wow. yeah, on occasion I'll end up in uh, in a strange place, you know. Yeah. Upon recommendation of a friend or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for the people that don't know, like your music is kind of uh, what experimental. How would you how would you describe it? I mean, I, I, it's a lot of things. You know, for me, it's hard to put a genre on it. But mm. you know, I'm a songwriter, but I'm also an improviser. I play electric banjo, and uh, I'm very experimental with that. You know, I do a lot of looping, and I play drums on the banjo, and you know, I you know electrify it. So. You know, I can get a lot of different sounds out of one instrument, which mm-hmm. makes me pretty versatile to tour and play solo. Mm-hmm. So. Are, you, are you traveling with the band or solo right now? Just solo. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of the times I, I play solo. Wow. It's, is it really just, just you on the road by yourself? Yeah. Oh, wow. Does yeah. that get kind of, like, lonely? Uh, no, not really, actually. I dig it. I dig it. It's, like, really, uh, it's kind of liberating, you know? Hmm. I mean, sometimes it's nice to not have to talk to somebody and just drive for six hours and listen to music or or yell at the top of your lungs or you know catch up with friends on the phone i don't know there's something like liberating about being on the road by yourself you just stop whenever you want you sleep wherever you want it's just kind of uh you set your own pace and it's it it suits me but i also like touring with other people as well you know Mm -hmm. yeah for sure are you are you uh in a relationship or married um yeah i've got a partner you have a partner Mm mm-hmm How's how's that touring with a, a partner that's not on the road? Challenging. Mm. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, I've got a really strong partner, so, you know, it's uh, it's less challenging, but it's always challenging, you know, mm-hmm. because the majority of my income comes from playing live, so, you know, it forces me to, you know, have to play a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, but she's also very independent and very busy, so... But it is hard. It's hard to, you know, the older I get, the more I kind of, this whole pandemic and COVID being home for two years really, you know, made me look at my life, you know, in a way where I hadn't stopped for 10 years. So, you know, to be home and, you know, being able to be with somebody every day, you know, it was cool. It was different, you know, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it, you know. Uh, wh- where are you from? I'm from New York originally. New York originally. Yeah, yeah I grew up in Long Island, mm-hmm. which is a very unique place. Um, yeah, but I've, I've I've shifted around a little bit. I lived in New York City for 20 years. Now I live in Asheville, North Carolina. Why? Why uh, Asheville? Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. Why? Why did you settle down there? 
oh, it's just really beautiful. I kept going there on tour, and I was like, what is this magic little hippie town in the mountains, you know? Mm. It's cool. It's, it's definitely a vibe. And, you know, after spending 20 years in a place like New York City where you get used to, like, being able to go out for, you know, amazing food, you know, every night and see great, you know, music and art, it's hard to leave that because you get so used to, like, oh, I want to go have Ethiopian food or something. You know? mm-hmm. yeah, there's not many towns that can keep up with that level of culture, you know. And Asheville is very unique for being a small town because it's got a lot of, um, just a lot of people who do their own thing, you know. There's not a lot of industry there, so there's a lot of people that are making their own way through life, their own business, you know, artists, a lot of musicians live there. So, yeah, I, I just felt it. Every time I went there, I was like, this place is something. And if you mention Asheville to anybody, they're like, oh, yeah, I love Asheville. It's cool. Really? So, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, people, it's for, you know, it's very common to hear. I was like, well, yeah, that's kind of why I moved there. So, well, Yeah, so you're, you're a long way from home. Did you, you drove all the way? No, I flew out to Denver. Okay. This is, I just have four shows in Colorado. So. Oh, and I've got some good buddies here, too, that I, it's nice to catch up with. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I flew in. I'll fly in and out of Denver, and I just rent a car and, you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, make the drives. Yeah. What, um, you know, you said um, you're traveling solo. It's uh, your instrument, your banjo, and you have a bunch of pedals. Like, what does your, like, setup look like? Is it, like, a bunch of boxes, or is it kind of pretty manageable? I mean, it's pretty, you know, I, the, the beauty about what I have evolved into is that I can just fly and do it. So, you know, it's mostly what I can carry. I have a, got a pedal board, I've got a suitcase, I've got a banjo, you know, that's pretty much it for this. You know, if I'm leaving from home, I bring more stuff, you know, but for little fly tours like this, I can be pretty portable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right. So like, let's go back a little bit. Uh, when did you first start getting into music? Um, like playing music, like, st- yeah, yeah. I, I started playing music in like school band, fourth really? grade, you know, saxophone. But I, I mean, I always remember like a, and my parents recall that too. I always had like a, a draw. I was drawn to it, you know. Mm-hmm. I had my little tape player, and I would like listen to music, you know. At a young age, I remember really digging it. But yeah, school system, playing saxophone, and and uh, going through that route, public school, um, you know, and that just kind of evolved. You know, I started playing saxophone in fourth grade and, and did that up until, like, you know, ninth, tenth grade. And then I found, like, playing bass. Someone gave me a bass to try, and then I wanted to be in a rock band and, you know, play heavy metal and stuff like that. So I can see yeah. that. I, I get those I can get those vibes from you. Yeah, I got it. I mean, man, I mean, the beauty of music is it's just like an adventure. You can just go wherever you want. If you're open-minded, you know, it's like the amount of musical phases that I've had in my life I'd never be able to predict it and and when I listen to my music I, you know it's a culmination of all that you know mm-hmm. I've had a heavy metal phase I've had a grunge alternative phase you know in high school and then I found like Grateful Dead you know and Fish and things like that mm-hmm. which led me to jazz and then bluegrass and then you know wherever I am now I don't know mm-hmm. how, how old are you? I'm 46. 46, for sure. I'm I'm 25. Yeah, it's a good age. What were you doing when you were when you were about 25? I was in um, music school. Music school. Yeah, I already I had went to college to be a doctor. You know, 
really for years and years of conditioning, you know, my family and everything just, you know, I just thought I had to be a doctor so I could be successful and stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, when I went to college, I, I didn't dig it. Mm-hmm. All I wanted to do was play music and hang with my friends and stuff. And, you know, so I quit school and I ended up going to music school instead. You know, how'd your parents feel about that? You know, it, it was challenging for everybody, but you know, they had given me a chance to go to college and you know, my grandfather left me some money to go the first time. And I kind of ripped through that, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to do it. And, uh, yeah, the second time I paid for it, you know, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad I did because it made me focus and work hard and, you know, yeah, sometimes it's good to do things yourself. Mm-hmm. Are your parents still, uh, alive? Yeah. Are they, are they together? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How, how long have they been married? Um, I'm going to say going on 50. No. Yeah. Almost 50 years. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so like growing up, like, uh, can you describe yourself like as a kid or maybe like your relationship with them? What was that? What were your feelings with them? Um, oh, my, yeah, my family was great. Mm. You know, they're my, they're like Italian family, you know, um, from Long Island. It's like you could make a a TV show about them. They're, (laughs) They're awesome and funny and, you know, good cooking and yeah, I had a good childhood, you know. It was um, it was fun, but yeah, I mean, uh, me as a kid was I was, I guess I was smart, you know, I was smarter than average, I guess, but maybe not like a real super smart, you know. But I was super um, into creative stuff always, mm-hmm. you know, drawing, building, taking things apart. Hmm. And when I found music, it was like all those things in one thing, you know. So I think that's what took that brought me to to music. For sure. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I got a younger brother. Younger brother. Yeah. Does he is he in the music industry as well? No, he's uh, he's in the web stuff. Oh really? Yeah, and real estate stuff. Yeah, he's. Yeah. You guys, you guys, pretty close. Yeah, we're close. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Um, shout out, brother. Shout out, T Bone. <laughs> that's funny. Um, all right, so. Um, what did you go to music school and did you go to, to school in Long Island, or no? What had happened is I, I went to school in Pennsylvania at Penn State. Oh. And then when I failed miserably, I moved back home with my tail between my legs to Long Island. Mm. Moved back in with my parents. I got two jobs. Where? And uh, I was working at a GNC health food place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was also working at uh, a brew pub. And my goal was, you know, I, I had always wanted to um, play upright bass, you know. And, uh, you know. It was a goal. Before I left Penn State, I got, like, a picture of an upright bass, like, tattooed on my back. So I would make sure that I did it. And if I didn't, I would just have to live with that tattoo. So I moved home, and I, um, you know, I got two jobs, and I saved enough money to buy one. You know, it was terrible, but it was something, you know. And then I started studying with a, a bass player, this old guy who used to play with Buddy Rich, who's, like, an old-school drummer from like the 40s 50s Mm. and uh yeah i just put my head down i worked just to prove to my parents that i wasn't a total burnout you know and uh yeah i took lessons and i eventually auditioned for the new school in new york city and got in and you know moved to brooklyn i moved moved to brooklyn Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so um, did you graduated music school? Yeah. With uh, with uh, degree in uh, jazz. Yeah, jazz bass. Jazz bass. Oh yeah, for That's sure. Where the money is. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you like utilize that degree in any way? Oh yeah, man. Of course, every day of my life. Oh, oh, oh yeah. It's, okay. It's amazing. You know, I mean, I was fortunate to be to have the time. Little did I know, I was borrowing money from the government. You know, to fund all this stuff. You know which I'm, I'll be paying back for the rest of my life pretty much. So, But, yeah, I mean, it really put me in the room with like, some of the most amazing musicians and teachers that I never would have had an opportunity to, you know, be with. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was in school with, like, people like Robert Glasper, I don't know, who's, like, you know, very famous jazz uh, piano player now. You know, um, just really amazing exposure being taught by people who played with John Coltrane and, you know, Miles Davis and, you know, hearing it from these sources is pretty distilled down, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not the guitar teacher from guitar center. It's like people who've been deep in music their entire lives, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel very fortunate to have had that experience. Do you think like your encounters with these individuals that have been pretty, uh, deep in jazz music, um, I mean, maybe speaking from the outside, I feel like jazz is a really emotional genre. Like, yeah. the people that play jazz are, you know, they're kind of tortured souls sometimes. Hmm. You know, I don't know if that's the case, but I've, I've done a little bit of music history, and that's how I feel. Yeah, that's, that's pretty insightful of you. It is. It really is. I mean, jazz is a, is a language, much like learning how to speak Chinese or something. It's really, you know, you have to dedicate a lot of time hmm. to understanding the language, reading the language copying it and then eventually you turn it into your own conversation you know it's like learning a whole new set of words you know to be able to communicate with other musicians you know mm-hmm. but yeah it, it, it there's a lot of dedication to it and there's a lot of solitary work you know i mean being my first few years at school i probably practiced eight nine ten hours a day and then go to play a gig or something you know you just like all day you know carpal tunnel calluses arthritis like you know if you play through all that stuff you know to get to the next level you know Mm -hmm. but it's a never-ending quest it's it's kind of amazing you know you can't win music you can only get deeper so yeah Hmm. yeah um can be torturous yeah (laughs) like those, those individuals did you do you think would you like consider them like uh like happy when when you talk to them, yeah, absolutely. I mean, mo- there are a lot of tortured musicians out there that you know it's it's hard. It's a hard life. It's like not a life that you choose if you want to be comfortable and you want to be you know, um, yeah, wealthy or anything like that. The chances of that are very slim. But it's very you know possible to carve out a living in music, you know. But it can torture you, you know, like anything else, until you reach that level where you understand that. This is just your life. This is just your progression, you know. This is where I am today, and this is where I want to be tomorrow, and I just point my feet that way, and hopefully I'll get there, you know. But I've learned everything I know about life through practicing music. Mm-hmm. It's like karate or some shit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, what about, like, um, uh, drug use and jazz? You know, when did you start smoking weed? I mean, I've been smoking weed since I'm 16, basically. 
you know. On what it. year was that? I'm sorry, I'm not good at math. Whew. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, that was probably like 92 or something like that. I was, you know? I was born in 97, so <laughs> damn. Yeah, respect. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not advocating, you know, smoking is, you know, bad for your body, but it's not as bad as smoking cigarettes, I believe, you know, which I used to do. And, you know, luckily I've given that up. But yeah, for me, I, it's always been, um, weed has always been like my anti-anxiety medicine, my, you know, um, my door to the inner child, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just... Man, I've always dug it, you know, mm-hmm. ever since I tried it. And, you know, I mean, there's nothing better than, you know, smoking a J and putting on like a record or something like that mm-hmm. or watching a dope movie. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's opened me up, you know, to other possibilities in this world. You know? mm-hmm. What about like psychedelics or anything? Dabble yeah. in those? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. I, it's the Grateful Dead. For me, when mm-hmm. I was like, 17 years old I was like into metal and I was into like grunge and stuff like that you know and then like I just got in with these kids that were all into Grateful Dead and you know you know dropping acid and mushrooms and stuff like that and then that was like I'd like peel back a curtain of it you know a whole new world and it didn't know existed Mm -hmm. you know I had always loved like Hendrix and stuff like that, even before and Zeppelin and stuff like that. But yeah, when I got to the Grateful Dead, it was like a whole different, you know, world, you know, because um, there's community and culture with it, you know. Like That's a, a good whole, way to put it. Yeah, there's like a family, and people are, you know, there's no other bands in the world that people will follow them around and see every show, you know. Mm-hmm. That is that is true. I've never been to a Grateful Dead show. Are they? There's something to see. They're pretty spectacular. Well, I mean, these days it, it is what it is. It's just surviving members. But I was fortunate to see them with Jerry Garcia two times. Oh wow! You know, I was 18 years old. It's like, yeah, it was pretty transformative. Wow. You know, and still that guy to this day has been like kind of a beacon in some ways. Jerry Garcia. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. He was he was on a quest. He didn't care. You know. I mean, he loved you know, the community and, you know, the, the idea that the Grateful Dead had become this big thing. But, I mean, he was mostly just eyes on the prize. How do I get better at music? How do I more honestly communicate through playing guitar? Mm-hmm. You know, which, like, I felt. And that I've felt that for a long time as well. I still, you know, practice every day. I still am chasing, like, you know, I want to speak music as fluently as I speak English. Or maybe maybe better. Mm-hmm. You you uh, how many instruments do you play? Um, also, can I see that lighter? Yeah, I play. I mean, there strings. You know, I'm good with re- strings, guitar, bass, um, anything that's got kind of strings like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, banjo, obviously. But you know, I can play keyboards, and I've been, you know, played some drums. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Wow. You know. You think, like, once you kind of know how to play, like, one, it's kind of easier to know, to learn the rest of them mm. type of thing? I think the the most important part is understanding music, you know? Mm. If you can teach yourself how to teach yourself something, 
you know, once you learn how to teach yourself something, then I think you can learn anything, you know, mm-hmm. because there's a method to it, you know. You have to be patient. You have to start simply, you know, and you have to have an intent on what you're doing, you know. You know, you could also just fool around and play, but if you want to really get better at something, you need to make limitations to yourself to say, all right, I'm only going to play, you know, this small amount of music. I'm going to master it slow. I'm going to absorb it, you know, and um, then I'm going to expand. Would you, I've never really heard that term, I guess, mastering it. Would you consider yourself a master at like any... Hmm. Anything? I mean, some would say yes. I mean, to me, no. <laughs> I, I think there's always that renewal of, like I said before, like you know, you can't m- win music. There's yeah. no, you know, there's no end game. You know, the only end game is your sp- spiritual fulfillment and hopefully joy of other people. But you know, people like John Coltrane, who I always, I always looked up to you know, was chasing it, you know, till the day he died. Same, you know, with Jerry Garcia. They're trying to get to that. It's like enlightenment, you know, when you're completely free and out of the moment and your your ego is gone and you're basically just watching yourself do it. Okay. Oh, you've had out-of-body out of experiences while playing? I mean, it's like an intended thing, you know. Mm-hmm. One of the better teachers that I had, or one of my best teachers, told me to do that, <coughs> you know. When I was playing visualize floating out of your body and just watching yourself from above and being absent from the process. Wow. That's powerful. How do you, how, how do you, um, you've practiced this? Yeah. How do you like, what's the thought process when you're trying to do that? I suppose. Cause I, it's coming, I've cut hearing it. I'm kind of lost. It's, I mean, it's a visualization, you yeah. know, it's something that you have to put into your mind to, try and um you know get to but basically yeah i mean is there anything that you do that you could do unconsciously Mm. i suppose yeah i like to do art so yeah yeah. art's the same like art and music are you know brother and sister as far as you know creation goes but you know the the goal is to take yourself out of it, to take your ego out. You know, the, the thing in, the, in your mind that says, that's no good. No, do that. No, no, what are you doing? You know, like everyone's got this monkey chatter in their brain. And, um, you know, the, it's the enemy of art. You know, art needs to, be, to come from the child. You know, art needs to come from the core of your existence, not from your brain. You know, so, you know, once... You know, to become a master, you have to be a grasshopper. You know, you have to constantly say, you know, to renew yourself. You know. Yeah. Mm. Do you have kids? No. Wow. I feel like I feel like you got you would bestow some wisdom upon some kids. <laughs> well, hopefully, I'm doing that now. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. All the <laughs> listeners and me included. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I guess talking to someone who's so who's so uh, passionate about about you know playing music is is coming like when you're I guess in my shoes or maybe the listener's shoes well you can't really like relate to that I've never picked up an instrument or like tried yeah you know it's kind of um, the way they talk about their instrument is like someone how is like it's kind of like 
just the tantalizing like whole lifestyle is just so interesting i feel like yeah hmm. yeah i mean it's definitely something interesting to do with your life i mean for me it's just saved my life over and over again because i have something to relate to hmm. you know a lot of people don't have that you know they don't have a a deep passion that they can tie their life in. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing whatever it is I'm doing right now? You know, because I want to do this. I want to move this forward. You know, mm -hmm. I have this to relate to, you know, and I think it's very important in life to have something like that, you know, that you can pour yourself into and you feel like you get something back. So many people work jobs just for jobs and they go in just for money and they come out with money and you know it's good you have to do that you have to make money and you know to eat and stuff but at the end of the day it's like if you're not building anything and not creating anything you know i mean it's fine too but i find for me personally and the people that i view as successful they've got something going they've got a they're something they're building or tearing down or you know they're doing something mm -hmm. you know yeah um have you ever struggled with like depression or anything um not so much i think you know weed helps mm -hmm. for me because like i could just smoke a joint and put on some pink floyd and i'm like man okay life's cool mm -hmm. you know this is amazing you know but it, i mean this last few years have been tough without being able to perform yeah um, not only just financially, but spiritually for me, you know, it's like a exercise, you know, and I felt very confused and useless, you know, in a way, cause I didn't really get to do what I love to do. And I didn't realize how much it, it was important to me because I get like a serotonin boost, you know, from it, you know, I'm, I'm in general, I'm a very relaxed and chill person. So, you know, but when I get on stage, I could let all the inside out, you know, all the crazy stuff that stirs up in that calm, you know. Mm -hmm. But depression, I mean, I've had a few bouts here and there, you know. There's always, you know, imposter syndrome. There's always, you know, the fear of the future, you know. And especially in the times that we've been living in these past five, six years, it's been... Mm -hmm pretty tough you know but i'm in general i'm a positive person i i tend to have a positive outlook mm -hmm. yeah um your last album was released in uh, 2020 yeah february february 2020 <laughs> um yeah you know you haven't uh, what's what's kind of your your thought process on the on the on putting out albums do you do it are you trying to do it yearly or i know the covid definitely put a stop to everything but um, I mean, I yearly, I've been trying to get them at least out bi-yearly. Bi-yearly. Up until now, I've been always working at outside places to make albums. Um, but over the pandemic, I built a studio in our house. Oh, really? Okay. So I can finally just record whenever, uh, which is hopefully will increase my output. It already has, so, you know, it's, it, but, um, yeah, I'm looking to you know, make more music going forward than I have in the past. So, yeah. But albums are cool. I mean, do people listen to albums anymore? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, people will go through a... They'll find a single that they like and then go to the album yeah. and then listen to the surrounding songs. Mm -hmm. I think that's more common in the streaming era. Yeah. Um, 
I hope you're right. I mean, I love making albums. For me, it's super fun and exciting, you know. Um, I'm in the middle of making one right now. I've got a few going right now with, with some different people, but... Oh, really? Um, yeah, I'm excited to... It's it's fun, man. It's like trying to capture lightning in, in a bottle, and, you know, it's challenging. What's your uh, new solo one going to be called, if you, if you feel comfortable sharing it? I have no idea. You have no idea? Nah. Dang. How that's, many songs? That's the last thing. Who knows? Who knows? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just record a, a bunch of stuff until I feel like, oh, this is an album already, you know, like, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And now that I have my own studio, I, I'm able to just, you know, press record. Unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, but I mean, this, ever since, you know, the spring, I've been so busy touring and playing because, you know, the, a lot of the things from 2020 and 2021 that got post- postponed are happening this year. So I find myself like, extremely busy performing so mm-hmm. it's a hard for me to switch back and forth into recording mode and performing <laughs> so you know yeah but this winter i'm gonna hunker down and uh and get some stuff finished for sure yeah, yeah your new album oh your newest album i was i was listening to it a few times through um happy birthday from jail <laughs> that's a good one happy birthday in jail oh, happy birthday in jail <laughs> yeah that's a good one thanks man yeah um mm-hmm Sometimes um, songs start, start with a title, you know. I have, like, a running list, as most songwriters do, of, like, just phrases that stand out to me in something that's, you know, mm-hmm. that evokes something. It's really, you know, when you find four words that tell a story, you know, already, then sometimes it's a good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's what all writers look, look for is, you know, economy of, of words and, you know, being able to tell a story with just a few words. Mm-hmm. Who's some of your... Uh... Who are you listening to when you're not when you're not making music or performing? Mm. Um, that's a really good like question. Newer artists. Newer artists. Um, let's see. Um, I mean, I'm I'm constantly listening to new stuff, but lately I've been into a few things. I've been into this Brazilian artist called Sessa, mm-hmm. who I just discovered. I had a really long and still have a long love affair with Brazilian music. Mm-hmm. Um, you were you were down there touring. Yeah, I've been there a few times, uh, just playing and studying there and touring. Yeah, I've had some really amazing experiences down there. But yeah, I love Brazilian music. It's really, it's just got this swag to it. You know, it's this really kind of cool, rhythmic, sophisticated, also raw, and you know, all the things I like about music. Mm-hmm. I find a lot of it in Brazil. But Sessa's a, a younger artist coming out of, uh, I think, Sao Paulo. I'm not sure about that, but. Um, yeah, what else am I listening to? Uh, there's this record called The Sweet Enoughs mm-hmm. that I can't get enough of. Um, it's like a side project, I think, of this band Hiatus Coyote. Um, what else? Oh, man. I mean, there's so much good music out there, it's pretty hard to... What about rap? Rap? Yeah, yeah. I like rap. Um, I mean, I grew up with that stuff. Mm-hmm. My cousin lived in Cheapshead Bay, Brooklyn. He was 10 years older than me, and he was one of my first portals into music. So I would go into Brooklyn with my family for family things, and I'd be up in his bedroom. He had a you know double cassette deck, which was rare in those days, and he would make me tapes of all this stuff. Run DMC, Beastie Boys. Like, there was this guy, Chuck Chillout, who was like a, a DJ in Brooklyn, and he mm-hmm. used to play all this stuff, man. I mean, EPMD, KRS-One. 
you know so that was really formidable for me like the, the beginning I mean I remember just being in my bed with my headphones on you know listening to this stuff which was dirty and I'm 10 you know yeah. I'm like wow what is this it was like a portal into a whole different world but I, I've loved rap you know since then you know hip hop has become like this crazy beast you know it's so cool you know I don't listen to as much of it as I used to but sometimes I listen to it just to get rhythmic ideas because I feel like you know that they're always on the cutting edge of rhythm like r- lyrical rhythm you know mm-hmm. you know people like Kendrick Lamar I mean he's like uh, I mean he's like John Coltrane of, of phrasing you know he's got these amazing phrases you know and uh, yeah I mean I'm, I'm down with it do you know do you have you ever heard of Yeet no Yeet he's he's kind of like the newest up and coming genre that's like he kind of just created a whole new sound and everyone's kind of following it right now oh yeah mm-hmm. Yeet like Y-E-E-T Y-E-A-T okay yeah. I gotta check that out yeah I mean it's it's cool it's interesting to watch I, I, I wasn't so on board with like this mumble rap stuff like a lot of the rap that's happening today it's just like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'm like alright yeah I get you but I mean, I'm man when you have a platform to say something you know you should say something mm-hmm. you know it's easy to mumble through some shit and just you know be cool and have rainbow teeth and shit but you know no judgment mm-hmm. do what you can to get the money but if I was a rapper I'd want to say something for sure if if you were if you were um gonna start if you were to make a rap song like would you want it to be more kendrick like or like snoop dog like <laughs> i mean i don't think i could even touch kendrick that he's like yeah he's like shakespeare or something i mean i i snoop dog you know i grew up with that stuff you know when i remember when that stuff came out and it was like so fresh you know so different than the rap that was before it mm-hmm. you know that whole west coast you know they have all the Moog synthesizers and stuff and it's like smooth mm-hmm. I've always had this theory about east and west coast kind of applying to a lot of different things in life but you know people are on the west coast are just they just they're usually much chiller mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the sunset or something like that but it's the weed know, it's the weed the weed I mean that now but even back then you know you know 20 years ago that wasn't a thing. It was just like, I don't know, people, you know, even I've, you know, there's so many towns I've lived in where the, the people on the west side are just chill and the people on the east side are, are uptight. Hmm. I don't know why it's like that. You know, you look at it on a country basis, it's like that. You look at, I mean, New York City is like that. Hmm. You know, East Village versus West Village, Upper East Side versus Upper West Side. You know, chill people move west. I don't know why that is. That's, that's kind of weird to think about. That's kind of true. Yeah. Wow. Now apply it to your town at home and see if it works. You know, it, I, I mean, I don't, it does, but, you know, that's in public politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, huh. That's crazy. Um, all right. So getting back into the whole um, lifespan of things. Um, so going on, to, going on into the future, you know, is there anything that you're going to, you want to change with your with your music or life? Or are you feel, are you pretty pretty comfortable with how things are going? I mean, everybody wants to change things with their life, you know. Um, but I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm on the way, you know. You know, I'd li- obviously like to reach more people with my music. Um, you know, 
and you know I'd like to get more into film scoring and and composing for you know for picture and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah I mean that's where I see myself in five years you know hopefully you know I would like to come to Colorado more and play more here mm-hmm. it's um kind of been something that I've been trying to do and here I am so but do you market your own shows and do you do you get them yourself or do you have a team no I've got a team you know fortunately I've got I've got a great booking agent and a label and uh, yeah they they uh they help oh yeah Mm -hmm. you know but it's all kind of you know we're just making a plan and just trying to stay busy yeah you know I guess um in today's culture, having a label means a lot. Um, you know, so you're, as what they would say, you're a signed artist. What 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 year did you sign? Mm, I I put out two records. I think probably around two two thousand seventeen. I signed with Joyful Noise Recordings uh, in Indianapolis, and um, yeah, they're the chillest label. They're just super cool. They always do crazy stuff, and uh, yeah, they're they're definitely a good fit for me. And um, yeah. I just love all their music that they put out. So, yeah, it's kind of a good match. For sure. Um, did, did they, they kind of seek you out, or it was kind of a mutual thing? Um, well, they, um, yeah, I've known them for a long time because I play with another artist called Kishibashi, mm-hmm. um, who's an old friend of mine, and he was one of their first signees. You know, he kind of blew up, up around 2012, Mm-hmm. And, you know, he took a chance with this small label from Indianapolis because they were cool people. And, uh, you know, they have been growing together. You know, I've kind of been absorbed into that family, which is, you know, um, you know, cool. Mm-hmm. Is is he from Japan? His parents are from Japan. His parents are from Japan. Yeah. Okay. But he's uh, he's American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you, Japanese, American. Yeah. yeah. You, you did some uh, touring in Japan? Yeah, I've been there mm, five, six, possibly seven times. Really? Yeah. What's uh, what's like some things that you could tell some Americans that have never been to Japan? What's Japan Ooh, like? Oh man, Japan is wild stuff. It's beautiful. It's crazy. It's the it really like in places like Tokyo and um, Osaka. Like it's great energy, really sweet people, very friendly, very like you know people will go out of their way to help you. You know, it's very kind of courteous society but they also like to party and throw down like crazy oh really it's not uncommon to like walk around tokyo and you find like businessmen sleeping on a bench or something just wasted you know yeah it's uh i mean it's wild tokyo is really cool but the whole country is really beautiful food is like off the chain it's impossible to get a bad meal there like i don't even know Mm -hmm. it's incredible and they eat some crazy shit Mm -hmm. yeah everything what what's the craziest thing you ate Oh, man. I mean, they'll eat, like, horse sashimi, like, raw horse meat. Mm-hmm. Um, I've but, eaten, yeah, I mean, like, poisonous blowfish. Uh, I mean, raw chicken. Um, chicken assholes. Chicken assholes? Yeah, they fry up chicken butts. Nice. Yeah. Was it good? It was good. Nice. Kind of like a little chewy... Chicken nugget. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little scallop or something. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man, they're adventurous over there. I, you know, I, I get down with it. I get down with it. Yeah, I would definitely try a fried chicken asshole. It's delicious. Mm. You know, never really thought it, but I mean, we could throw that asshole out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Don't waste a good asshole around here. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um. All right. So, <clears throat> are there any artists that you're collaborating with right now that uh, you you want to like mention? 
or that you well, can't mention? Yeah. I'm a, speaking of assholes, no. <laughs> no, I'm actually um, about to make a record with my buddy J.D. Pincus, who's a member of the band Butthole Surfers. Really? Uh, I don't know if you know who that band is, but they were, they were pretty big in the 90s. They had a, a pretty big hit. And uh, yeah, J.D. is a, a, a buddy of mine. And we're going to make a record in my studio with this this uh, guy, Kramer, mm-hmm. who discovered um, bands like White Zombie and Ween. You know, he's like an old school dude that owns oh, wow. this label called Shimmy Disc. Yeah, so we're going to make a record together, me and JD. And he plays banjo as well, so it's going to be a lot of banjo. Oh, wow. That's fire. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I saw Ween just did their Red Rocks South Park thing. Yes, they did, and I made a huge mistake because I was actually in Denver that night with the night off, and Claude Coleman Jr., uh, the drummer for Ween, is a good buddy of mine. I easily could have called him and asked him to you know, get me some tickets to the show, and instead I drank two beers and went to bed. Oh, I, I saw some videos. It looked really cool. I know. I love all those people and all those bands, and I've been watching South Park since it was like a bootleg cassette uh, VCR tape with four episodes on it. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that hit, like, right when I was in college. That show, um, yeah. I mean, we watched it over and over and over again on on a videotape, you know? That's hilarious. Yeah, mm-hmm. those guys are like Colorado royalty. They just bought Casa, Casa Bonita. <laughs> As they should. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fucking, so I'm excited. For, have you ever been to Casa Bonita? I have not. They have, uh, like, those divers? Oh, yeah. yeah. I know the, the whole legend of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um. Well, all right. I don't. I don't know what time it is. Cause you, I don't. I mean, yeah. I know you have to get out of here at. Yeah, I probably about that time. Yeah. All right. You want to shout your social medias and stuff out so people could follow you? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, you find me at just tall, tall trees, basically all the all the way down. Instagram, Facebook, I don't know, LinkedIn. Mm, LinkedIn. You get me on my LinkedIn page. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm easy to find. Just Google tall, tall trees. Hell yeah, tall, tall trees. Thank you so much for your time, bro. This Thanks, is a great time. Yeah, all right. It. Street champs, come get put on. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, all that. All right, peace. Peace. <laughs>